0: Well, have you ever set out to accomplish something and along the way got discouraged? Anybody in here? Um, I know for me that there's been lots of those moments in my life. Had that not been the case, believe it or not, I would probably be a cowboy today, right? Because I remember as a kid watching all the Bonanza and stuff with my dad, and, and that's what I was going to do. And and eventually I found out, man, you've got to have a horse and um, maybe, you know, an eight-year-old shouldn't walk around town with a 30-06. And so it's just one of those things. I was like, all right, I'm not going to do that. Um, but as we get to to be adults, it's kind of the same thing, right? We encounter moments and situations in our lives, and we become just so encouraged and so excited. And we're like, I'm going to change. I'm going to do this. It's going to be so good. And then we wake up the next day and it's like, what was I thinking? This is going to be so much work. I can't do that. I can't, I can't pursue a new career I can't, I can't do these things with my kids, with my family, with my relationship. What was I thinking? And we begin to get discouraged. And we begin to lose track of what we set out to do. And somewhere along the way, we had all the right intentions. But life gets us down, doesn't it? And in a week of putting something off it turns into two weeks or maybe we made it a solid six months in a really healthy direction and we ran into a wall, a roadblock, and we threw our hands up and we quit. And we decided this isn't for me. What was I thinking? I can't change. I'll always ever be. Or this is all I can ever do. And so tonight, tonight's message is titled this, Level Up. Level Up. And this is, this is a two-part message where I want to talk about leveling up in our growth, our spiritual growth, leveling up in our recovery. I want to talk about pursuing things in life in a new and exciting way. And tonight, I want to talk about some truths of spiritual growth. I want to talk about some truths about recovery, some things that we often lose sight of, some things that I believe that if you know, if you leave here tonight and you've got these truths in your heart and you plant them there and you're aware of them, that when you hit those walls, those roadblocks, when you stumble, I believe that you'll manage to keep your feet under you just a little bit better, that you'll manage to take that next right step. And then next week, I want to talk about some some steps to really pursue things and to really break free and to really begin to soar with whatever it is that you're pursuing. And so tonight, again, we're going to talk about spiritual growth. And as we get into this, I want to open up with a passage from Hebrews. We're going to be in Hebrews 12, but before we get into Hebrews 12, I want to talk about the context of this, which means we've got to talk about the 11 chapters before. And so before in Hebrews 12, um, the first 10 chapters are spent making a case for Jesus. That the writer of Hebrews begins to make a case that, that Jesus is greater than the angels. Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus was the greatest to come. And he begins to present these warnings that, that if Jesus is greater, how much more so should we pursue him? How much more so should we make him Lord of all and subject ourselves to his will? And then in chapter 11, if you guys have ever read that, it's really just this, this pedigree of people's faith. The writer begins to talk about how there were all these faithful servants, all of these people who pursued God in great ways. And so we know of some of them Moses and Noah. We hear these stories. And so that's what he does in 11. And then he begins to pivot. And so Hebrews eleven thirty nine 39, it says all these people, all these heroes of faith earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received that all that God had promised for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Well, the thing that was better, the thing that we have, that we get to experience that they didn't is a life with Christ. We get to experience God's Holy Spirit because of what Jesus has done, and that's what we get to experience. And then in 12, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, therefore, say therefore, 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 since all of these people ran this race well, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight, that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance. Say endurance. endurance. Endurance, the race that God has set before us. And so the thing that the writer of Hebrews is talking about is that, that when we come into a relationship with Jesus, when you come into recovery, and here at Cedar Point Recovery, we believe that everything centers around Christ, especially our recovery. But as we do this, it's a race. Well, I don't know about you, but, but any race that mostly I've seen, because I don't run a lot, but they have a start, they have a finish, and there's this huge gap in between. What do you do in the in-between? You, you pursue the finish line, right? Like you're continuing to work your way towards that. And in that, in that space, in that gap, you may run into obstacles, you may become fatigued, you may become thirsty, you may become hungry, you may cramp. These things take place, right? But what do you do in the in-between? You keep focused on the finish line, right? The thing that you're pursuing. And so the writer of Hebrews is likening our walk, our faith, to a race. And so just like a race in life, we're going to continue to keep our eyes forward. But along the way, we should expect things to be difficult difficult. We should expect things to be hard, but if we want success, if we want to cross the finish line, then we have to keep our eyes forward. We have to keep our eyes on the finish line. And he says again, he says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. As we step into recovery, maybe it's anger you need to strip off. Maybe it's addiction, hatred, Maybe, maybe it's self-hatred. We need to begin to let go of these things in our lives, these things that hold us back, that limit us from pursuing the things that God has for us. Let us begin to do a work and just strip these things off. It says, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And then he says, and let us run with endurance. Now, endurance, when I hear that word, I always liken it to being hard, right? I don't need endurance to do a lot of things. I don't need endurance. to to sit on my couch, to pick up my remote, and to turn on Netflix. Endurance is not needed for that. You know what I need endurance for? Loving my wife well. I need endurance to love my wife well. My wife needs twice the endurance I do to love me well. It's a difficult task, right? But there's things in life that we need endurance for. Everything we need endurance for is difficult. And so as the writer of Hebrews is talking about running our, our walk... Our walk of faith, he says we need endurance for that. And that endurance lets us know that the road ahead will be difficult. That the road, the journey that we're on, it's going to be hard. And we need to run it with endurance. To not get discouraged. To not let fatigue keep us down. And to continue to maintain our trajectory. Maintain our motivation. Maintain our pursuit. And that's what spiritual growth is all about. Growth It rarely looks the way we want, and it rarely happens as fast as we'd like it to. I know for me, as I came into recovery, as I came into the church, I'm... Man, I just thought it would be like that, right? That everything would change overnight. I remember being so angry in the beginning because I felt like there were some people, they would raise their hand in a church service. They would walk out with a halo, and they were just so great all the time. And me, I'd go home and get drunk and just like, what do they have that I don't? Why can't I fix myself? Why can't I get it all together? And I would get so discouraged, and I'd lose sight of that because in my mind, it was going to happen fast. God was gonna do this work. This switch was gonna go off and everything would be different immediately. But it rarely looks that way. It rarely happens as fast as we want it to. We must remember, we must remember this. Spiritual growth, it's a journey. It's not a destination. You will never be at the place that you think you should be. If you get there, you've got all sorts of problems. We're gonna talk about those in a little bit. But spiritual growth, recovery, it's a constant journey. And you've got two directions. You can continue to move forward in your growth, continue to pursue Jesus, or you're moving backwards. That's it, forward and reverse. There's no neutral, there's no destination that when it comes to the things of our life like this, this type of growth, it's a constant journey, not a destination. The writer continues in verses two and four. We'll get into this a lot next week. But he says, we do this. What do we do? We do this race. We do life. We, we continue spiritual growth. We continue recovery. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Who initiates and perfects. You don't perfect anything. You didn't initiate anything. He initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. It's such a great context to begin to, to put in into focus. What Jesus did for you. To begin to put into focus what he did so that you could have freedom. So that you could live differently. So you could pursue a better life, a better marriage, whatever it is. Begin to put that in the focus, in the context of the cross. And when you do that, life's not so bad. I don't know about you, but I've never been whipped to death and nailed to a cross. Yet I want to complain. But when I put into focus what Jesus did for me, my walk's not so hard. And so he endured... Think of all the hostility he endured for sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives and your struggle against sin. And so tonight we're going to begin just to talk about truths of spiritual growth. I want to talk about some things, some misconceptions that, that cause us to get off track when we're trying to grow in our faith and in our recovery. And so what's the truth about growth? Point number one is this. We will never be perfect in this life. You will never be perfect in this life. You will never be perfect in your recovery. You will never be the perfect husband. You will never be the perfect wife. And if you're sitting there thinking, good night, that's very uplifting, Pastor Aaron. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. But there should be just a little bit of relief in that, right? Right? Because... What happens is we think, at least if you're me, I think there's things that I should do perfectly. And when I have that mindset, when I fail, when I trip, when I stumble, I beat myself up and I tear myself down. But if I remember that I'll never be perfect, but I should pursue perfection, Right. I'll never attain it. But it's the constant. That's the destination. Right. That's my eyes. My eyes are, are focused on where God wants me to go. That, that's that's where I'm heading. But on this side, I'll never attain it. And so we need to begin to keep that in focus and realize that we'll never be perfect. I want to share something with you. Um, against my better judgment, I'm going to let you know who wrote it. It was my wife. I really want to take credit for it. She said this profound thing, which she does frequently. I hate to admit that as well. Um, but I was like, honey, I want you to message that to me. I'm going to use it. Yes, I'll give you credit. But Janelle wrote this. She said, when people think they have arrived, and this is in the context of perfection, right? When they think they've arrived, that's when they start to wane. Why? Because if, you, if you've convinced yourself I'm here. What do you stop doing? Stop working, right? You stop putting effort in. There's no need to do anything else because you're there. And so in our growth, in our walk, in our recovery, the very moment, the very moment we've convinced ourselves that we're at our destination is the very moment we begin to backslide. And so, again, she said, when people think they've arrived, that's when they start to wane. It is tempting That when we reach certain goals, we don't feel we have a need to grow anymore. Haven't you been there? Haven't you done that? If I'm being completely honest, I've done that with this, with my walk, with my relationship with Jesus. And I've convinced myself that I've attained something that's unattainable. And when we do that, we begin to wane. And so we don't feel we have a need to grow anymore. That stance can begin to cause us to be legalistic or to see ourselves as better than others. That's the other reality, too. Not only do we begin to backslide, but we begin to lord our position over people. Let me tell you, poor folk, how you should live your life. You know the thing I'll never do is get up here and act like I'm better than anybody. Because what good does that do? First off, it's a lie, right? We're all in the same boat. We all have the same need for Jesus. We all have the same need for growth. And if I convince myself I've arrived somewhere, then I've convinced myself somehow I'm better than the people around me. And so we need to begin to keep this in context and know this, we're all seeking and pursuing, or at least should be, Jesus Christ, a relationship with him. We're all running the same race, eyes forward on the finish line, going to the same place. And so again, that stance can begin to cause us to be legalistic, or to see ourselves as better than others. Our journey with him and the work in us is meant to be ongoing. Say ongoing. ongoing. And relational. Say relational. That it's a continuous journey. Your growth is not a destination. And it's, it's all about relationship. Relationship with God, relationship with God's people. That, that our Our growth as individuals, again, is a journey. It's not a destination. If you've convinced yourself you've arrived, go back to point one. You'll never be perfect in this life. You'll never be perfect. Pursue it with everything that you have. Pursue perfection. But no, you won't get there on this side of heaven. And so I want to share with you Romans 3.23. It says this, for everyone, say everyone, everyone. For everyone has sinned, we all, say all, all fall short of God's glory standard. That that Paul here in Romans, he he gives a very clear revelation to all of us. Everyone needs Jesus because we've all failed miserably. And so we all have the same need. The same need for salvation, the same need for sanctification, the same need, the same need for, for Christ to redeem us and to save us. And so for all of sin, all fall short of God's glorious standard. The Apostle Paul in Philippians, starting in Philippians chapter three, um, verses three and four, he says this, for we who worshiped or worshiped by the spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us, and we put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have a reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. And so here, Paul in Philippians, he's beginning to give his pedigree. And he's saying, hey, listen, do you know who I am? And so Paul begins to lay out some things to to his audience here in the church of Philippi. And he says, basically, like, I'm a Jew above all Jews, right? I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Pharisee, if there ever was a Pharisee. And I get there may be a lot of you in here that don't get what he's saying there. But basically, he's saying, by standards out here, I'm better than all of you. That, that anything that you could hold up, I've got something I could hold up higher. That, that I've arrived, if anyone's ever arrived. And Paul begins to state all of these things. And I know this. We encounter people in the church that look like that, that talk like that, who do those things. As a child, it's what kept me out of the church. It's why I wasn't raised in this type of environment. It's why I wasn't here. It's why as an adult, I wouldn't dare step foot through the door of any place because I didn't want to encounter somebody who had a mindset like Paul who thought they had arrived. But Paul, he begins begins to pivot, and he begins to lay out all of these things that Christ had done That Christ did. And in verse 7 he says, I once thought these things were valuable. Once thought what was valuable? All these things I can lord over you. That's what Paul begins to say. These things that that I used to use to convince myself that I was there. That I had had achieved the destination. I used to think that these things were valuable. And then he continues. And he says, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. And he begins to say that that these things that that we use to convince ourselves that we don't need to go any further, these things that we use to convince ourselves that somehow we've obtained perfection or or that's even the place that we can get to, they're they're nothing. They're meaningless when it comes to to the lens of what Christ has done. And then he says this in Philippians 3.12. He says, I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things. ...or that I have already reached perfection. This is Paul. Paul who who started church after church in Gentile nations. This is Paul who had a direct revelation... ...a direct experience with Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. This is Paul who went on to write two-thirds of our New Testament. And Paul's attitude is this. Not only do I have the human standard pedigrees... ...but I have all these things over here... ...and I count them all as worthless... And I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. He says, we're going to seek it. We're going to pursue it. You're not going to get there on this side, but you continue to endeavor to reach it and, and grasp it with all that you can. And then he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. And looking forward to what lies ahead. What lies ahead? Perfection on the other side. That that's what we're going to pursue with all that we can. And spiritual growth is recognizing and realize that you're going to have failures. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. And that's okay. You're in good company. But with all that we have, we continue to keep our eyes forward pursuing all that Jesus has for us. He says, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Again, growth is not a destination, it's a journey. That our spiritual growth will not end on this side of heaven, but it's something that we pursue with all of our being, all that we have. And that's the truth about growth. And so, if you're comparing yourselves to other people that have convinced you that they have it all together, they're full of it. They're lying. They don't have anything. We're all coming from the same place. We all need to grow. Not one of us has achieved all that Jesus has for us on this side. And so, we need to learn not to compare ourselves, not to get discouraged because we feel like we're not where somebody else is. You know, the other truth about a race? We're all in different positions. We're all in different places. We're not all running in the exact same place, but we all are pursuing the same exact finish line. And so again, point number one is this, that we will never be perfect in this life. And so growth is a journey. It's not a destination. We'll never reach perfection on this side, but we press on, pursuing it and pursuing the prize that awaits for us at the end. The second truth is this, Growth is often hard to see up close. Growth is often hard to see up close. Growth is one of those things, um, if you've got kids, it's you're just like, I get this, right? I mean, because one day your kids are in diapers and the next day they're like mouthing off to you and like slamming doors and you're like, I don't even know what happened. Like, where'd the last 15 years of life go? Like, because we don't know, right? But but that's because we're in the middle of it, right? Like we're up close with our kids. Everyone who, who don't see my kids on a regular basis, they always tell me, my, look how much your kids have grown. And the only thing I notice that grows is my grocery bill. My kids still look the same size to me that they looked five years ago, right? But, but growth is often hard to see. I know a couple days ago that I told my kids, like, you got to get out. You got to mow the yard. And, and it's funny, like, we mow our yard, and it's great. Grass is cut. And then one day, it's overgrown. And again, where does that even take place? Like, it looks great, and then it doesn't. You're like, oh, my gosh, that looks awful. Because we're right there. We see it every day. And so we don't notice. We don't notice the change. We don't notice what's taking place because we're in the middle of it, that we're right there. But as we begin to step back, if we had the opportunity to see the big picture, right, then it all comes into focus. That, that if I compare myself to 10 years ago to today, oh, my goodness, what a difference, What a difference. Am I where I want to be today? Heck no. Am I where people in my life want me to be? No. I'm still so immature and they still want me to grow so much. But they're so grateful that I'm not this guy anymore, right? Because you can step back and you can see, man, growth is hard to see up close. And so when we look back over the years We can see how God's been working on us. But the thing that happens is we step into recovery. We step into relationships, a relationship with Jesus. We begin to endeavor to change and we get discouraged because you live with you every day. Every fault, every mistake, everything that you do, it's in your face every single day. And you don't have the ability to step back and see the big picture of your life. And so what happens is is when we stumble, we've convinced ourselves that we should be perfect. Now we've made a mistake, and I'm not getting this. I should just quit. Why in the heck am I going to church anyways? Why do I need recovery? I keep failing. I'll never get it together. I I should just give up. That's what we convince ourselves of. But the truth is, growth is often hard to see up close. And so I want to share with you out of 1 Peter, 1 Peter um, chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And, and I, be, I believe that Peter begins to give us a little insight of what takes place, or the natural, the natural state of our spiritual growth. Now, again, I'm a guy that, that I used to think that something magical happened to people who raised their hand, that not only were their spirits made new, but all their bad habits went away too. And, and that's just not the case. It's not the case. So if you're like I was 10 years ago, just know that, that everybody in here still has a lot of skeletons in the closets and things they deal with. And if you're still not convinced, come have a conversation with me and I'll tell you all of my failures, all of the places that I struggle. But, but our growth, it takes time. And so Peter, starting in, in chapter two, verse one, he says, so get rid of all evil behavior and be done with all deceit hypocrisy, jealousy, and, and all unkind speech. And so Peter, he, he gives a, a similar picture that Paul did, right? Strip off everything that trips us up. Get rid of the sin. Get rid of these things. Begin to take them off. That's our call, right? You may never be perfect, but you need to endeavor to be, right? So so get rid of that garbage in your life. Don't, you don't come into relationship. You don't come into recovery and keep living like trash. Again, I'm going to steal the saying from my friend Don. We don't live like that no more. Like we just, we need to change and be different. That, that's our call. And even though we won't get it all right, it won't be 100% that that's what we need to try to do. And so Peter says the same thing, get rid of this, get rid of it. And then he goes on and he says this in verses two and three, he says, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a, uh, into a full experience of salvation. That pure spiritual mint, that's the things of God. That's God's word, right, being poured into us. And so we need to crave that. We get rid of these things here, and we start the growth process. And and just like babies need milk, right, they need soft food before they start getting solid things, that we need to begin to feed our bodies adequately. And, And this is God's, the things of God. And he says, so that you will grow into the full experience of salvation. If you've ever seen something grow, it takes time, right? It's a process. It's a journey. I've planted things in my life. They all died. But, but here was the thing. You know, the next day, I didn't have anywhere close to what I wanted, right? And, and things would sprout, and they'd begin to grow. And, and I knew what was supposed to take place. Like, like someday that'll, that'll produce something. The same is true in our lives, right? That the seed of salvation is planted. That the relationship is there. God makes your spirit new. And then your flesh has to catch up. Things take place. That's not an excuse for you to go on doing the things you were doing. But the reality is there's going to be a struggle there. There's a process there. A process of growth. And he says, so that you will grow into the full experience of salvation. And then he says, cry out for this nourishment now that you have tasted Of the Lord's kindness as you experience all that God's done for you. Crave that spiritual milk, cry out for it, pursue it. Again, keeping your eyes on the finish line and working constantly and continually towards the destination He has for you. And so, our growth again, it's not a journey, it's a destination. Our growth is a process, it takes time to mature. Stop allowing yourself to be discouraged because things didn't take place overnight. Continue to pursue it. Continue to put in the work and continue to trust the process that will take place in your life. The third truth is this. Our growth doesn't save us. And so don't put faith in your growth, but put faith in the gospel. Again, don't put your faith in your growth. Put your faith in in the gospel, the message of Christ. So often we begin to rely on our works, the things that we do, and we lose sight of the fact that saving us had nothing to do with us. That's a work that God did all on his own. And we begin to think that the things that we do somehow account for our salvation or the progress we've made, and we stop giving God all the credit. And what happens is that we're not perfect. God's perfect. But we begin to fail. We begin to struggle. We begin to mess up. And then when our faith is in ourselves, in those moments, we have no foundation. It all gets torn down in an instant. And so we have to learn. I think my, uh, is that going dead? Maybe. I don't know. They're cutting my mic and telling me to get off probably. Um, but don't put your faith. Give me that mic, honey. Is it fine? Don't put your faith—I'm not fine. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) Don't put your faith in your growth— but in the gospel. And so Romans 3.23, going back to that, but I wanna share verse 24 with you. It says this, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. But then it says, yet in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this because you worked so hard. No, he did this because you got it all together. You did all the right step studies. No, he did this. God did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of, his, of our sins. You know what that tells us? You didn't do anything. I didn't save myself. I, I'm not free of addiction today because of anything that I did. I, I, I allowed God to work through me. He gets 100% of the credit. The, the, the marriage that I have, the relationship I have with my wife, it, it only functions because God's at the center. Because God does all of these things. And I can't put faith in myself. I can only do what I can do. And I'm limited. And I'm flawed. And I mess up. But God can do so much more. And so don't put faith in your growth, but put it in the gospel. I want to share with you from Galatians. To give you some context, the Jewish Christians at the time, they were struggling with non-Jews. And so there was this melding, right, Two completely different culture. You had pagan Gentiles coming with strict legalistic Jews. And as they were coming in, the Jews were like, man, these people... They need to work harder, right? They they need to follow the Torah, which was their laws. They need to do all of these things. They need to recognize our restrictions on bacon. It was awful, awful. And they're like, all of this stuff. And they're like, maybe you guys need to get circumcised. And the Gentiles are like, no, thank you. And so they begin to come into all these things. And so Paul addresses this in Galatians 5, um, starting in verse 5. He says, I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ and you have fallen away from God's grace. That Paul begins to say, if you're counting on your works to save you, you've missed it. If that's your foundation, if that's your truth, if you're giving yourself all the credit, then you are missing it and you've been cut off. And then he continues and he says this, but we who live by the Spirit, eagerly await to receive by faith the righteousness that God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. What Paul's saying is Listen, you put your faith and your trust in these things of man, like these works here, that's meaningless. But when we begin to put our faith in in the gospel and what Jesus has done for us, when that's the foundation of all, when you mess up, man, just give it to God, right? You can keep moving forward. But if you're at the center of your recovery, if you're at the center of your spiritual growth and the things that you're doing, the work that you're producing— Is that the center of it all? Every failure, every mistake, it tears it all down. you're You're back to square one, right? You're back at the beginning. You've lost it all. But when you trust in the gospel, you trust in what Jesus has done. When you put your faith in him, even in those moments of failure, the beautiful thing is you've lost nothing. You didn't take a step back. You had a hiccup. And as long as you seek God, turn away from it right, repent, ask for forgiveness, you get to continue right where you were at the day before. That's the difference. That's the beauty. But what happens is we put so much stock in ourselves and our growth that again, every discouragement, every failure knocks us back to square one. And then one day, because you'll never be perfect, one day you give up anyways. And you're like, this was never for me. And it's because you've missed the point. You've missed the truths about spiritual growth. Again, don't put your faith in your growth, but in the gospel. The last truth about growth is this. I wanna share um, is this. God is continually working in us. Again, spiritual growth is not a destination. It's a journey. God is continually working in you to perfect what he started, that seed he planted that began to grow with your recovery, with your relationship, that God's continuing to tend to it, to, to water it, to, to nurture it so that it can continue to bear fruit for him. And so when you're going through life, you're not gonna be your destination in the beginning, but God's gonna continue that work in you, continue to grow the things that he has for you. Philippians 1, 6 says, and I'm certain that God who began the good work with you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. That's that finish line. That, that you're not going to be perfected on this sign of heaven, but we get to look forward to it one day. And the only way you finish a race is by keeping running the whole time, right? You can't give up, that you got to continue to, perf- to pursue perfection. If that's the finish line, that, that's what we're pursuing day in, day out. That relationship with Jesus, we, we're, we're living life like he wants us to live. We've subjected ourselves to his will. We've set down our things and said, God, I want to live life for you and pursuing you in every way. And when we do that, God's continuing this work in us. And then one day... He'll complete it when Christ Jesus returns. And so, to recap tonight, point number one is this we will never be perfect in this life. We will never be perfect in this life. We need to pursue perfection with all that we have and all that we can, but we'll never be perfect in this life. Number two, growth is often hard to see up close. Don't get discouraged. I get it, you live with you. I would be ticked off if I lived with you too. But man, just realize that that we've got to step back to see the big picture of all that God's done in our lives. Talk to people who knew you a few years ago. Allow them to encourage you and to enlighten you from where you came from. It's one of the greatest things we can do. Just tell them, I'm having a hard time. Remind me how I was five years ago. Remind me, I'm sure they'll gladly do it. And so, number three, don't put your faith in your growth but in the gospel. You can't fix you outside of Jesus. You can't be the center. You can't be the foundation. I'm sorry, I know your mama loves you, but it's not about you, it's about Jesus. And so, don't put your faith in your growth but in the gospel. And number four, God is continually working in us. It's a process, it's a journey. It's not a destination. You keep your eyes on the finish line and the author and perfecter of faith will see you through. He will see it to completion. And those, that's the truth about growth. And again, I believe that if you begin to keep these in perspective, you'll be a lot less discouraged in life. That if you keep these in perspective, that when you run into walls and hiccups and speed bumps, you'll remember I'm just a work in progress. I'm just a work in progress. All of this that we talked about tonight, this growth, it begins, it begins with a relationship with Jesus. That, that if you've got something in your life that you want fixed, something in your life that you want to grow from, that you want to heal from, it begins with Jesus Christ. And that means that you've got to come into relationship with him, that you've got to give your life to him. And so if you're in here tonight and you've never made that decision I would encourage you that here at the end of service, we're gonna have some people up front, our chip prayers and huggers, and they would love to pray with you and for you and lead you into a relationship with Jesus because that's where growth starts. That's the beginning. That's the starting line is a relationship with Him. And maybe you're in here tonight and you're like, man, Pastor Aaron, I've done that before. I started this race a long time ago and I gave up. I quit. Can I get back on? Yes, absolutely. It's never too late. To begin that journey again and to come home. And so if you're in here tonight and you want to recommit, I want to encourage you to do the same. Same invitation to you. Come up out of your seat. We'll have some people up front and they would love to pray with you and for you so that you can recommit your life. And then if you're in here tonight and God's just been just dealing with you, dealing with your heart, speaking to you. That thing that you never let go of, it keeps tripping you up. That thing, it's weighing you down. It's holding you back. And God keeps saying, it's time tonight to set that down. If that's you, here at the end of service, same invitation. Come down. We have a white chip for you. And there's nothing significant about the chip, but I believe that when we step up out of our comfort zone, when we come down and we show God that we're gonna step and walk and act in faith, and you come pick up one of these chips tonight, I believe that something significant takes place in that moment of surrender. And so if you're in here tonight, you need to get a white chip. I wanna encourage you to do so. And then lastly, maybe you just need prayer. You're like, I'm tired of journeying alone. I'm tired of doing it all on my own. I just want God... to to be the center of it all, that I've put so much faith in my own growth that I've lost sight of all that he's done for me and I just want somebody to pray with me. We want to do that. Or maybe you're struggling with something else. We would love to pray with you. This is a house of prayer. And so for any of those things this evening, to give your life to Jesus for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a white chip, or just to receive prayer, we would love for you to come down front. And if everybody at this moment, you guys can stand to your feet as we close in worship.